Natalie Bensavanga. And I'm Tony Norman. And this is In Other News, the podcast that is not afraid to go there. Where? Anywhere the story takes us. You concerned about speaking your mind? Me? Yeah, right. You? Ha! <laughs> Let's go, Nat. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi there, Tony Norman. Hi there, Natalie. <laughs> So I don't know if you're aware, but this is our very first show. Yeah, yeah. I've heard rumors to that effect. <laughs> it's been kind of a long labor of love to get to this point. So I'm hmm. I'm maybe feeling overly enthusiastic for the both of us, but I think that's okay. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's been a long and winding road, as yes. the Beatles said. Um, and just like the Beatles, it's going to have a happy ending. Wait a minute. They didn't have a happy ending. <laughs> but we will. We, we will. will. But we are going to have... A very happy start. Yep. This is our very first show in other news. It's all the news that maybe you should be paying attention to, but God knows there's so much going on. There you might go. have lost something in the shuffle. And we're going to kick things off with hot takes, exploring national topics, and then drilling all the way down to local issues. We're going to have guests on to talk mm -hmm. even further. We're going to give action items, final thoughts on things. It's going to be jam-packed. It is. And folks are not in, ha don't have any obligation to agree with us. <laughs> I like but how we you're do. putting a disclaimer already at the top. We haven't <laughs> even started yet. I love that. You're like, just so you know. We're just being realistic panic. here. We're, we're very two opinionated um, journalists and, and folks here. And and uh, and while we may agree a lot on a lot of things, we might disagree on some things. And I just want to say in advance that I'm usually right. <laughs> and I just, you know, am just too gracious a person. Okay, Tony. To just, I'm just going to like go defer, defer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, this is going to be such a fun episode. It's going to evolve. It's going yes. to evolve with the audience. Yes. And we want to hear from you folks about how we're doing and what we mm -hmm. can do better. And, uh, and, and to make and compliments are always welcome. Yeah. Compliments are you welcome. Know. And we expect we appreciate them. That. And we expect them. <laughs> We expect oh, man, I think we've got a diva on our hands <laughs> right out the gate. I love it. Well, to kick things off, you know, there is so much going on in the news that we could talk mm. about. But something that's really been, I think, weighing on both of us is just seeing how the GOP at the national level is really trying to institute banning of knowledge, right? And mm. one of the most recent um, situations is happening in Florida where they're blocking AP African American history courses. Mm, I um, wonder why. I can't imagine <laughs> why. And we know Ron DeSantis, who we believe has some aspirations bigger than Florida, is spearheading uh, this this movement, so to speak, this anti-woke culture. And I hate how they've co-opted that word. But, right. but, you know, what are your thoughts on, on this, you know, having somebody that you've written about the black experience here in Pittsburgh, around the nation? I mean, your work is so much centered. Mm -hmm. On mm -hmm. on the community. So when you saw this, what was your first reaction? Well, when I heard the the, the, the quote when Ron DeSantis um, said that the reason that um, his administration was objecting uh, to the African American AP course is because it had no educational value, I thought, man, this is a guy with absolutely no sense mm. of 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 the nation's origin, no sense of the people that comprise this great and diverse nation, no sense of, of what it takes to be the leader of all the people as opposed to a small cult within the GOP. Mm. And that does not bode well um, for um, 2024 if, if he is the nominee or even in the race. But 
um, before we even get to that, yeah, the fact is is that this sort of cultural war mm-hmm. uh, instinct that he has to always go for the thing that is the most divisive yeah. uh, is something that the dumber politicians are only going to uh, copy and emulate, just as Ron DeSantis is copying and emulating the former president, you know, Donald Trump. So it's it's mm-hmm. the sort of cynicism. Mm-hmm. That you just like it just makes you ill in the mm-hmm. in, in the pit of your stomach. Well, and, and he even and I quote, he, DeSantis said this recently, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? So now he's really he's just pulling it all together, you know, right. that someone is pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you see that they have stuff mm-hmm. about intersectionality and abolishing our prisons, that's a political right. agenda. Right. Who? It's, it's there's no shame to that there, yeah and there's there's also a, a shocking lack of of self-awareness i mean mm-hmm. you know he's saying this and you would hope that he's so cynical he knows what he's saying mm. but i got a feeling that he's just trapped in a, a, a loop you know he yeah. knows what his constituents want to hear he's just giving it to them that sort of red meat mm-hmm. and he's hoping it will translate nationally well, and what's interesting, too, is as we often see with national topics, they they trickle down and they filter into the local mm-hmm. conversation. And we've actually been experiencing things in our own backyard. Um, in my hometown of Oakmont, mm. they're, they're dealing with uh, the public school system and certain people on the, the school board trying to ban books so we can't learn or educate our children around uh, different gender identities. And there's a whole group of people running on a conservative ticket that don't even have children in the school system that have been Mm -hmm. retired, but are so concerned about learning about how other people live that they're willing to be sort of on a ticket just to stop the idea that a child can't read a book. Right. It's, it's so appalling because um, that tactic has never really worked in America. You know, Mm -hmm. you try to ban ideas, you try to ban books. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact is, is that any child can read any book he or she you know, wants to now anyway because of the, the you know the ubiquity of social media and the yeah. availability on the internet and so on and so on. So it's already a lost cause, but it is a very potent political mm. um, um, tactic, and that's really the realm in which um, book bannings and um, you know um, peeing all over curriculum, all that mm-hmm. is just symbolic politics. You know, politics for getting someone elected, or, or 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 transforming a school board. It has it's symbolic politics. It has nothing to do with real structural change. But still, you know, it's a it's a bad harbinger of things to come in terms of our national and local politics. We don't want to be under, you know, the 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 foot. Yeah. You know, of of these kinds of characters who are subscribed to this. Well, and it scares me because these kinds of characters have bought up a lot of media in our cities. And and we've seen that, you know, now the strike has hit 100 days at the Pittsburgh oh. Post-Gazette. Um, by the time the show airs, it'll be past 100 days. And, you know, we're seeing things they've now, the Block Communications has bought uh, the, P- the Pittsburgh City Paper. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen there. And now, of course, the Toledo News Guild, who also is under Block Communications, they've just fired filed, excuse me, an unfair labor practice charge against block communications. So we're seeing over and over again these these players with bad intentions 
trying to eat up media or come at it from different ways, whether it's banning courses in college, whether it's trying to remove books from public schools or whether it's controlling the narrative mm-hmm. from a journalistic perspective. That's what concerns me is where where are the other voices? Where are we all going to go and get our media? Oh, right. wait, maybe right here. <laughs> oh, no pressure, no, no pressure. pressure. But it does kind of make me think about, you know, when we set out to do the show, Almost a year ago now, mm-hmm. the world was a little bit different. Yeah, you know, the PG was not on strike. Mm-hmm. The city paper was still independently owned. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm really starting to wonder, you know, the importance of independent media. It's it's going to be that much more intense moving forward for all of us. Right, and you know, um, it, it seems when you when you state it like that. There's a lot of responsibility on our shoulders as folks who yeah. are in, you know, independent media. But there's also a lot of weight on the shoulders of of the folks who consume independent media, and mm-hmm. uh, and also I think there's a burden on our entire democracy, whether you consume independent media or not, to, to become aware of what's going on. Because freedom is not something anyone should ever take for granted. We yeah. we've been living in relatively good times mm. since the end of World War II. Mm. But you know the 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 natural flow of things is is, is what happened before World War II. Um, that is what the world is normally like. Well, my grandmother used to always say the pendulum swings one way and mm. then the other. And and just to bring up something else that we read about in uh, Bloomberg, it says that the News Guild CWA, the largest journalist union in the U.S., is asking the Justice Department's Antitrust Division to look into the block communications acquisition of the Pittsburgh City Paper, citing potential news market consolidation in the city. So maybe like my grandmother's right. Maybe that pendulum is going to swing back and we're going to see um, people fighting back against this and using every avenue, including the Justice Department, to right. do it. Right. Um, it's very heartening to hear this. It's mm-hmm. very heartening to, to see um, that the unions are not giving up. The union, you know, uh, at the Toledo Blade and the union at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You know, every day there's some new revelation about, you know, something that the blocks are doing. Mm-hmm. And you and I work for the blocks. I mean, I worked for the blocks for 30-plus yeah. years, you know, 34 years, and, and uh, you were there for almost a decade. And, um, you know, and we remember the good times and you know, the fellowship with mm-hmm. the really great journalists and so forth. And our hearts are are, are broken uh, yeah. as we and we we have nothing but sympathy for you know our brethren yeah. you know on the on the picket lines right now uh, that's where our hearts are and our uh, allegiance and and so forth. Um, but man, you know every day, um, yeah. every day when when these folks stand up for their rights and for uh, the legitimacy of what you know and and just wanting to have a living wage. We, we can't help but uh, support that. Amen to that. And we're going to get into this topic a little bit more in our next segment, The Drill Down, with our guest, Chrissy Holzer. So be sure to stick with us. All right. You're listening to In Other News. Thanks for joining us. All right. So we are about to drill down with our very first guest on our very first show. This is a real moment. <laughs> I want to just take it in. The amazing and wonderful Chrissy Holzer, she is the digital editor of Next Pittsburgh, and she's going to be working with us and collaborating with us on the editorial process of this show. So Mm -hmm. it just seemed fitting to have her to talk about the state of media, Mm dum-dum-dum. And it's a real, real meta moment because, you know, she is part of our production um, 
process. Mm-hmm. And she's also she also happens to be an expert on these issues. And yeah. so this is this is perfect. So it's meta, meta, meta. Meta, mm-hmm. meta, meta, but not the Facebook meta. <laughs> like meta communication oh, no, meta. No, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Although we can t- we can talk about Facebook too. <laughs> that's, that's another day. I think <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other show, right? Um, totally. So, so Chrissy, you know, you've been working in the digital space uh, for many publications here in the city and around. Can you share with us what you're seeing in terms of how media is really shrinking and what you think that sort of means for the landscape of our democracy? Yeah, it's crazy. So I've worked with with Next, with Pittsburgh Magazine, with WTAE, and then a few other outlets outside of Pittsburgh. And especially with what we've seen with the lawsuit and the strike and the acquisition of city paper, things are really not looking good if you're looking to diversify where you're getting your news from. Mm. So I recommend trying to keep um, a few local sources that you have in your back pocket that you can really trust. Mm -hmm. Hopefully Next can be that. But um, yeah, it's really kind of dire out there with trying to find news, especially with everything that's happened with the Post-Gazette over the last even five years. It's just been kind of uh, a decline. For me, I feel like we've been watching almost like a slow motion car crash with what's going on with local media and how people are even consuming their media. We can often end up in sort of these echo chamber experiences, but there's even becoming less chambers to echo in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yes. Tony, from your experience working, you know, as a journalist for decades, we won't get into how old <laughs> you are. But, you know, when, when you're thinking about this issue and you're looking at it from decade over decade, when do you think things started to really fall apart for local media? It's hard not to be solipsistic because, you know, when you're um, when you've been around as long as I have, mm-hmm. you think in terms of think epochs as what happened at the Post-Gazette mm-hmm. and and you could start to see things falling apart in the early 2000s mm. in terms of um, PG and local media. Um, there was, um, at least in terms of local media outside the, the PG, there was a real, we started to lose um, lots of small publications and that's never a good sign. Mm. You don't wanna see consolidation in a market like this. Um, and at the same time, the PG, uh, as the biggest paper in the area, was also uh, losing a lot of traction in the community. There was a real disinterest in local media uh, all around. Uh, we started losing advertising and all of that. And so, and then editorial concerns began, began to, to creep into uh, the discussions. So um, yeah, I would, I would say the, the early 2000s, you know, things started to, to go a little haywire and a little crazy. Uh, now they've accelerated to the point where, you know, we're questioning whether we're going to have any independent media at all. I mean, as mm. the Post-Gazette drifts more and more into, um, you know, a direction that no one wants to see, uh, a, a newspaper that is trying to kill its union and may succeed and then and impose its own sort of dark vision of... Um, of the of the community, on a community that will have uh, very free, very few resources or um, options uh, other than the PG. Yeah, and where do you think social media plays a role in all of this, Chrissy? Because I know as a 
as an elder millennial, as I've been called on TikTok, which is <laughs> helpful and offensive, but it's okay. Um, elder when, millennial. And I'm an elder millennial. That's also for another show. But when we're talking about uh, social media really becoming a part of how not only we consume news, but really our search engines for finding news. Chrissy, what are your thoughts on on the role that social media is going to play moving forward? And does it concern you when you hear about these mega billionaires like Elon Musk and and even people, and I know it didn't go through, but Kanye West trying to buy Parler and these other platforms, does that concern you as well? Like who's able to purchase these spaces? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. very concerning. Um, and I think just what you said, people do use social media as a search engine and people use social media oftentimes exclusively to get their news, I, especially people my age and younger. Uh, so like, I guess, younger millennials and Gen Z, they are especially on even Instagram, which you wouldn't think is a news-focused platform at all. And that is that is where people are getting their news. I'm, my friends and I will send news stories or Instagram versions of news stories back and forth to each other all the time. So I think it's really about trying to find a new way to approach the news while not abandoning the old format, but rolling something else new into it to meet those people where they're at. Because if you don't do that, they're not ever going to find you. Are, are these stories that you guys swap back and forth, are they shorter? What is it about them that characterizes, you know, an Instagram news story as opposed to one that's in the newspaper? Yeah, typically they're shorter. So uh, one profile that comes to mind is called The Woke Scientist. And she writes the headline on the first slide. And then as you slide through the carousel of posts, they'll be really just copied and pasted paragraphs from what I imagine is a blog post that she wrote. Um, so I would say probably 100 words per slide. And she just divides that up over 10 slides as you slide through. So you don't have to leave the platform of Instagram to get that story. You can just read it and consume it all there. And if you want to go and follow that person elsewhere, you can. But if you want to just consume their media on the platform itself, that's kind of where people are. It's it's scary to me because, you know, I do this too. You, you stay on a platform, you just scroll through or I'll watch little videos of different people that I, I like and enjoy. Um but what always worries about me is this idea of like how this is impacting our mental health because there is so much news to consume. It's really easy to doom scroll and just lay awake at night and be like, oh my God, the world's on fire. The world, no, the world's really on fire. Oh my God, this, and, and you feel this real sense of helplessness. And I think what we're trying to do with this show with another news is provide people with actionable items um, that they're going to be able to to engage with following every show. Because for me, it's like, it's not enough to just get all worked up at 4am. But it would be nice if I knew, oh, I can go to the next Pittsburgh website and under where the show's embedded, there's three links. Here's how I register to vote. Here's how I sign this petition. Or here's just like more information on this topic to deeper my understanding. Because I think what's happening too, is we're all experts about nothing right. at this point. <laughs> right? So I think there is something to be said for using journalism as a way to create and build community and a way to create and build equity. And I think that's really something that's missing from the larger landscape. Right. Because um, that kind of journalism has been called advocacy journalism in the past. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, taken upon it a certain stink when the establishment, mm -hmm. you know, gets a whiff of it. It's like, oh, no, no, we're we're just objective. And what you're talking about is 
beyond our purview. It's beyond mm -hmm. the purview of, of uh, legitimate journalism. And so um, legitimate journalism, as we've known it, is becoming less and less relevant to the real world. Yeah. Uh, and so we need to find a new paradigm. And I think uh, social media, you know, as you know, earlier I talked about, you know, the, the early 2000s being uh, the time that I started to feel, you know, really, really um, like something is going on here. But it was also, it also mm -hmm. coincided with the time of the rise of social media, the rise of <clears throat> Facebook, with the rise of all of these sites that were independent uh, of newspapers and newspaper input. So, um, yeah, so here we are. You know, more than a decade later. Yeah, here we are. And I, I, I'm, I don't want to miss the point that I really think there is a clear connection between the mm -hmm. rise of fascism and the mm -hmm. decline of a free press as well in our communities. Because as we're seeing, you know, with with this sort of delegitimization, mm -hmm. I don't know if I just made that word up, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> I heard it. Thank you, Chrissy. Uh, yeah, with with sort of like delegitimizing, you know, journalists and discrediting discrediting them and saying fake news and creating a real space for sort of charlatans sort of mm. take hold. It is very concerning when you think of how AI is also playing a role in this, mm -hmm. because we're seeing now more articles being generated by computers, which I think further diminishes the impact and the importance of the work of journalists. I mean, what do you think, Tony? Well, I mean, I'm I'm scared. Mm. I, I'm I'm That's absolutely <laughs> I'm I'm That's I'm sad. absolutely intimidated by the potential mm -hmm. uh, of of AI to just sort of uh, work its way into mainstream journalism, mm. um, whether it's newspapers or even or even on social media, where you know uh, it could do a lot of damage. Yeah. So um, yeah, you don't have to. I mean, I'm already doom scrolling that stuff. Oh. Well, what I love about Next Pittsburgh is there's not a lot to doom scroll on that <laughs> site. There's a lot of fun, beautiful things to engage with, places to go, uh, people to know, and uh, of course, you know, lists on top 10 restaurants and all the good things that we we can't n ignore or negate. So Chrissy, as we wrap this up, would you just like to share any final thoughts you have on why you love this work and what keeps you in this game, knowing how challenging it is to be a part of this landscape? Yeah, I like to just try and stay positive in a way that feels real to me. So I think some people, when they say stay positive, they kind of mean like stick their head in the sand and mm -hmm. pretend like things aren't happening. The world isn't on fire when we all know that it is. Right. So the, I don't think that's a realistic approach. And I think that's just going to end up being more detrimental in the long run. Mm -hmm. But you just have to try and take that and take the good and like you said, find something that you can do to make a difference and become more educated. And I feel like Next Pittsburgh can kind of be the place for folks to do that. I love that. And we love you, Chrissy. And thank you so oh, much for being you. our very first guest on In Other News. So and we hope you'll come back and hang out with us again soon. Oh, absolutely. I oh, she has no choice. Yeah. she has no choice. Yeah, she has no choice. <laughs> we, we, really? we, we shouldn't pretend that she has any choice. <laughs> <laughs> you always have a choice, Chrissy. But I would we, love to return. Wonderful. Well, we'd love to have you again. So... Yeah, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be back shortly. You're listening to In Other News. Thanks for tuning in. Well, that was wonderful. I just love talking to Chrissy. 
she's good people. She's she good is. people, you know. And um, you know, the whole braid little thing she had in her head and so forth. <laughs> she was very oh. excited to get dressed <laughs> for the show today and be a part of it. So we always appreciate, you know, when someone goes the extra mile. But you know, part of the show that we touched on a little bit during that segment was the idea of actionable steps and mm. items and of course, we want to share with people, you know, where you can go to do things after you hear about these topics. But the one thing I really want to make sure that we plug in this very first episode is how can people read more about what you're working on oh. at Next Pittsburgh? Can you share a little bit oh, and, and funny tell us you about your, say that. your yeah. column? Because I don't even know if some people know you're at Next Pittsburgh. Right, right. Yeah, well, um, folks who know me, you know, uh, have been reading me since 1996 at least when I uh, became a, a general interest columnist, uh, are probably wondering, you know, what happened to that column? Well, in August, I moved to next Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And so my column appears weekly, usually on Mondays, um, you know, at next Pittsburgh, you know, just go to the website. And, um, and it's generally about um, things that are happening in the African-American community, it's profiles of, of prominent and not so prominent people folks. Yeah. It's also about, um, po you know, political and social situations there. So it's a fairly young column. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's brief, mm -hmm. you know, uh, probably um, less, more than just a little over half the size of my pre previous columns. But um, yeah, I'm trying to pack a lot into it and I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. Well, I'm loving reading it. I, I love the fresh takes that you're bringing and the different perspective. And I'm hoping that this show, you know, we can be an extension of some of the great work that you're sharing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in your column. And, you know, for me, I'm I'm really looking forward to having conversations that are uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that are important, mm -hmm. and that have impact. And so I am so excited to go on this journey with you and with In Other News and our great team that's been behind the scenes helping us. And so I'm just really grateful. And wow, we got through our first show. High five, Tony. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> this has been fun. Surprisingly fun. In Other News is a presentation of Next Pittsburgh and is proudly produced by us, along with our amazing team, Emma Honcharski and Margie Ruttenberg. Our editor is Sorgatron Media and original music by Jack Swing. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please like and share this episode and rate and review us wherever you're listening. It really helps us grow. And if you're listening on the Next Pittsburgh website, take a minute to take a look around to learn more about all the cool stuff happening in our hometown.